0: Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III.
1: We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube,
0: on iHeartRadio or on iTunes.
2: We are a podcast for educators created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value.
0: Welcome back. This is season two, episode three of the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I'm so thrilled to be here with you. And I'm glad to be joined by my guy. We'll give you all the third. Will, what's going on? What up? What up? What up, man? Life is good. Life is good. Yeah, you, know, we, uh, you know, my life is good. We are... uh doing our normal recording time which is 5 a.m and it's now 5 and I'm frustrated because the internet at my house didn't, isn't working so we've had to troubleshoot that but that's no uh no surprise to uh teachers and also you know I had a, I had a great uh went to make copies yesterday morning and of course there was no toner so that was my first instance of that this school so that was fun too you know but um <laughs> otherwise things are great man things are really really good I'm uh just starting my second week second
2: week to school battle yeah first full week so you still got uh you still got the chafing burns from the saddle <laughs> oh man it's um
0: yeah you know it's been interesting you and I talked a little bit last week off air and um yeah it's been it's been wild uh not in the sense that like my kids are wild I work in an awesome school but just it's such a different feeling, and that and I was trying to describe it yesterday. I was trying to record myself just on my voice when I was on my way home, and I couldn't describe what was different about it, or why I feel like it's different, but uh it's something I'm processing it's it's such a different experience, and I think the hard thing for me about trying to figure out the experience is trying to figure out why it's different well mm-hmm. i you know I want to try to figure it out, but I think. I don't need to figure out why it's different. I just have to appreciate how wonderful um, all the people I work with are and, and how wonderful my, my school is, my kids are and how wonderful my personal life has gotten. And it's been,
2: uh, it's really good. So. And we also talked about, about the fact that you've been landscaping for the last year yeah. and how you were more tired coming home from your classrooms than you were Coming from
0: uh, landscaping. Oh, oh, 100 percent. You know that those first those first couple of days when you sound like you get home, you sound like you smoked a pack of cigarettes all day. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think. And and part of it too is you you're just given you're giving everything in that classroom to your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you're just going and um. You know, it's so funny having been, you know, the summer and being used to texting Brittany, you know, pretty regularly throughout my days. I realized that from like seven, seven o'clock in the morning until noon on my lunch, I hadn't texted her at all. And I was just like, oh man, my days are going quick. And, you know, you and I were just talking, man, like that 45 minute class period is a monster. Mm-hmm. to try to get everything in. And, and that, I think that's been the struggle, man, has been narrowing down the planning, you know, because the first week I had overplanned so bad that it took me like two days or two and a half days to do the my first lesson plan for the first day. Wow. You know, because when we were teaching together, it was what eighty 85, yeah, eighty five or yeah ninety minutes, so oh. it's just that's an adjustment, man, but uh, yeah, what's been going on with you? You're four and a half weeks in
2: now, four weeks yeah. in. we're in our fourth week right now, and it's um you know each each year brings us different challenges uh, this year I have my uh, I have a co-teacher and i have a uh, I have a student teacher, uh, both of them are phenomenal. Uh, I told my kids they're lucky because they actually get to have three male teachers in one classroom uh, because that doesn't happen too often in education. Um, And so, you know, we're trucking along, we're moving. And, you know, we're just again, it's just one of those things where it's like no matter how much you know about education, each year, each class teaches you something different about your ability as a teacher and things that you need to add to your uh, quiver and i'm sure we'll get into that on the next episode with building teacher student relationships um but it's just been it's been it's been interesting you know this year mm-hmm. uh the vibe is different it's more focused on the culture of the school um the collective culture and i think that that has made a difference in 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 a lot of what we do at jones middle school mhm mhm so
0: so being that the uh, the topic of this week's episode is building teacher-to-teacher uh, relationships, I guess I'll start by asking how you see or, or how the changes have been at your campus. Because you opened up your campus last year, brand new school. And throughout the year, there were several, um, you know, just kind of those... What what they call lemon teachers who just didn't didn't fit, um, but there was another influx of new people on your campus, and I just figured we talk about how how it's been with those new people and and how you've approached uh, folding them in, like you said, to the culture that you're trying to create there at Jones.
2: Well, I think it's we did we you would think we had a high turnover in sixth grade. Um uh, and I tell everybody our job is really the hardest job in the school uh, because we get the kids coming straight from elementary having to you know acclimate them to middle school life of being able to walk to the restroom between classes on your own, being able to um, you know walk in transitions without being walked to the next place that you're going. Those are new concepts for kids um and Excuse me. Um, so you know that 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 takes a lot out of you, and it takes a special breed to be a sixth grade teacher in middle school. It takes a very special breed, a big special breed to be a middle school teacher. Period uh, is what I'm learning, and um, I think what we've done this year is we put the focus on <clears throat> the culture. We looked and said, let's acclimate the teachers to what the culture is. So when we spent our first. PDs, it was all about culture. Our theme for this year is Harambe, everybody pulling together. Uh, So kind of getting that, I got your back, you got my back, building those relationships with each other to trust each other, uh, make sure you're visible with one another, that you're not just kind of throwing people off to the side or not paying attention to people, making sure that you're understanding who's on your team. Uh, And I think one of the biggest things we did this year was having grade-level team leads. Uh, where we actually meet as a grade level every month. Um, I think that has, even though we've only, as a grade level this year, we've met three times, With whereas all of last year, we only met once as a collective unit. And so, you know, you can't underestimate that face-to-face time of being able to be right there with people, and I think that has done a great job of helping people kind of acclimate themselves to, as we call it, the Toro way. hmm Mm-hmm. So.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and for me, coming into a campus with a very well-established culture and group of teachers and, you know, half a dozen people that I talked to all mentioned to me that they gave up, you know, upwards of 10K to either go to teach at this school or to stay. Like they've been offered other things, but they choose to stay because of the school and the culture. So, you know, in trying to build relationships, it's easy on one hand, because there are so many people who have been so welcoming and are like, What do you need? We got you, you know, this and that and the other. But on the other hand, it, it's just like this constant fear of like, am I doing the right thing? Am I am I fitting in correctly? Am I engaging with these people and 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 I worry too, how my teaching is affecting my relationships. Cause I and I don't think like I'm a bad teacher, but I'm just like, oh man, what if somebody doesn't like my teaching and how is that gonna impact my relationships? But it's it's been amazing. Like cause our our entire middle school team is you know, maybe only twenty five or thirty people. Oh wow, okay. So, you know, because we only have two hundred, like two hundred and seventy total, sixth through eighth graders. So that part of building a relationship is is better because it allows you to really know everybody. Like I know everyone that's on our staff. Whereas opposed you, you know, when I was say, you know, at Handbreaker when we were at Stellick, yeah, you knew like I quote unquote, knew who everyone was, but you didn't really know everybody. And I, everyone on our staff, I get to have conversations with and, and get to do that. But, um, it's been, it's been work for me to truly really try to, um, it's been work for me to try to fight the urge to just kind of stand back and observe the culture and just try to fit in when I know like my last job, that was part of the problem Mm -hmm. was that I said, I was just going to stand back and try to fit in and figure out what was going on. Um, so Mm. that's, that's been a fight that I've had in terms of, of building relationships is really putting myself out there and, and adding to the relationships that I'm a part of at my school. Because I think that's, I think that's really where, a, a, you know, a pillar of building relationships and you know between teachers is that you're adding, you're adding something to it, mm-hmm. um, or at least the teachers that I want to be friends with and I want to have a good relationship, I have to be adding something to, to that relationship. You
2: no, know, I would say, <clears throat> I think it should be any teacher, um, you mm-hmm. know. It, Teaching is just a microcosm of, of of the world environment. You're not going to get along with everyone you teach with. That's a reality. There are going to be people that your personality styles are not going to match. There's going to be people who are going to not, for whatever reason, particularly care for who you are as a teacher. Um, may not care to know you as an individual. Uh, may have their own uh, bias built up about what you bring into the table. But at the end of the day. I think our jobs as educators is just to add value to the culture to every single day, add value to every single person. You know, um, I heard a teacher made a comment and said, I've never seen this teacher smile. So I've made it my mission, even though I, when they made that that connection, uh, my student teacher actually said that. And when I actually heard it, I was like, oh, wow, they... Now it's my mission to say, hey, what can I do to make this teacher smile? You know, I know this is, I know this teacher is not a bad person. I, I don't believe this teacher is, 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 is a bad teacher. But I have, in my own observations, realized that I have not, I very rarely seen that teacher smile. So now it becomes my mission to see, can I add value to our culture by simply getting someone to smile? It mean going sometimes it means going out of my way to to make sure that 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 they they that they get a joke or that you know that I help them with something so that they can understand that that somebody else is there, um, greeting them with a smile consistently just to see how that works. And I think that when you look at things like that, again, we we said it value adds value. You know you said I wrote down, you said you walked into a well-established culture. So it's like you, it's like planting a seed in Hawaii. You know, they say literally you can plant any seed you want to in Hawaii and it's gonna grow because the ground is so rich. The culture is so rich where you are, the way all you have to do is go in and be you. Mm-hmm. And the moment you do that, that's gonna add value because guess what? There's not another Mr. Kyle Krieger anywhere on your campus. There may be teachers who 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 resemble you. We saw that at Teach Your Heart Out. Uh, (laughs) 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 Shout out out Dan Dornfield. (laughs) Big shout out to Dan. Uh, But, you know, there may be people who look like you. There may be people who who have the same energy as you, but there's no one who's going to be exactly like you. And I think that that is what culture is about, is not having everyone be the same, but having everyone be themselves. And that's Mm. hard because we don't, we often don't look at, when we say be yourself, we're really saying be who I want you to be.
1: I apologize that we have to take this short break from this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast, but we have news that's so important we just couldn't wait to tell you. Because we believe in it, and because they believe in us, we were able to partner with Nearpod to provide you a free opportunity and discounts on your chance to use the Nearpod platform. Now, what is Nearpod? Glad you asked. Nearpod is an online teaching platform that we can house our lessons, we can create presentations, and they have the most incredible bank of pre-created lessons and curriculum that is there for you to sample depending upon what level you choose. So if you go to the link that's in our show notes, I'm going to give it to you right now, it's go. Dot nearpod.com backslash value adds value that's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value you have the opportunity to sign up for free plus get huge discounts on their gold and their platinum memberships and for a few lucky listeners soon we're going to be giving away gold memberships and one platinum so keep listening and we'll let you know when that's going to happen but before that is Get on, go to go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value to check it out.
2: You know what I mean? We, we, we want you to be who we, who we want you to be, the, I, the image that we've created. But to say be yourself doesn't mean that I'm saying, oh, I, I accept you for who you are. It's no, it's you're who you are, and I'm accepting that. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of, you know, we have to make sure we're looking at it from the standpoint of let everybody be who they are, express yourself, how you want to express yourself. And as long as our vision is the growth and the development of our students, then we have a shared goal. And if we have a shared goal, we have a shared purpose. If we have a shared purpose, we have a shared why. That means we're connected.
0: Mm. You know, and and it's funny that you, I I do want to come back to this quote here in a second about not, uh, you know, a true culture is not everyone being the same, but um, allowing everyone to be themselves. But, you know, I think for me too, it's kind of my fight to have realistic expectations because you know how I am. (laughs) Like sometimes I get caught in that trap of unrealistic, realistic expectations where I'm like, you know, I see someone on my campus that I don't know as well. Cause there are people already that I'm very close with that I've that i spent a lot of time with. But you kind of see them and you're like, oh man, do they not, you know, cause you don't have that same vibe with them. It's like, oh man, did I did I make them mad? Am I doing something wrong? Am I doing this or am I doing that? But um just having realistic expectations that no matter what, relationships take time. Mm. Like whether it's relationships with your kids or with your colleagues that it's something that you have to pour into, you know, consistently.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that.
0: Oh, go ahead. I and I just think that's the challenge, especially, you know, being, you know, a new teacher is understanding that you know you you have that professional relationship with your colleagues because you are on that same team. So you know even the teachers you never talk to, you have a professional relationship with because you're on the same staff. But really building that personal aspect of of that relationship and and investing in, you know, I don't know how many people come. And that's the great thing about my campus. I don't know how many people a day ask me about our wedding, you know, and, and how many people a day are coming and talking to me about things that are beyond just my classroom. You know, and I think that that makes a huge difference. You know, because every campus wants to say they're a family. <laughs> every school wants to say, "Well, we're a family. We're this. We're that." But this is the most, pff, uh, aside from the the squad that we had in that pod, you and I and Miss A, and then Green, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you know you had you had Dunham and you had Davis and labra in that pod Mm -hmm. that that was a family Mm -hmm. but that wasn't an entire staff that was really a family and i think that was was difficult in a situation like that where you're potted off and and i know you've talked about this that your sixth graders are you know you're you're only really with the sixth grade staff down that wing that you Mm had. so i mean for me bringing it around to you know I feel so fortunate to be a part of a of a staff that really feels like a family.
2: Right. You know, and I I I, I, I like the idea of being family. Um, I prefer the metaphor of a team um, and, and I'll, I'll share why. A lot of times we every family has that drunken uncle that nobody allows to do anything, No, nobody is correct because they just allow him to be because they say that's just how he's always been. Um, and we're not saying literally drunken uncle, but we know we have those family members that are like every time they come around, it're like, okay, here they come. And so families have a sense of enabling. There's an enabling property that comes with, uh, with a family that doesn't really happen with a team uh, because as a team, um, if, if I'm running a play and you miss the block and I get lit up, I'm not, I'm not so apt to let you make it as a team member, but as mm-hmm. a family member, I may make excuses and say, Oh, I know you're having a bad day. I know you're having a rough time. Uh, and I think that in the schools, you know, I, I told my student teacher this, I say, you know, once we clock in, we can't afford to have a bad day. And that's the crazy thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we have to suppress mm-hmm. that to make sure that we're still performing at the top of our game. We can't miss blocks. We can't drop balls. We can't miss passes. We can't do those things because when we do that, there's a kid that's involved. There's a, there's a, there's a life that's connected with your, with your, with your folly. And we have to make sure that we're conscious of what we're doing in that. Um, so, again, I, I understand the, the idea behind building a family, and I think you have to build a family first before you start building a team. But I, I, I would like to say right now, I, I feel like at Jones, we, we're setting a standard. Um, mm. I can honestly say I don't feel family-ish. I feel team. I feel camaraderie. I feel shared experiences. I fear people that um, who I don't mind being emotional around, who I don't mind being vulnerable around. Um, and those are some as- there are some aspects. And you know, they say great coaches create family like environments for their teams. And I think the greatest coaches separate. They know when to differentiate between that family mode and that team mode. Yeah. Family brings yeah. you. Family yeah. brings you in. Team keeps you here and keeps us winning.
0: Well, and I think your point there too is, you know, just thinking about the team analogy. Like when you're when you're not on the field, when you're not on the practice field or on the court or on the ice or wherever it is, it's family mode. But as soon as you step into that locker room and you're it's gotta be business. And, and I think that, that analogy of the, of the team I think is more apt because I think the purpose of a family and the purpose of a team is different. Mm -hmm. Like, like a team is a group of people who come together by, you know, most of them by choice to pursue a particular goal. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And granted, I don't, I don't want to undermine family or, Anything like that, but in terms of you know, building you teacher to teacher.
2: We can't choose our family. We hear people say that all the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and 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 that's the thing. So and and maybe that's a misconception that I've been under. And because you know, now that you say that, my school is more like a team. Because as you know, there are there are times where um there there's a certain level of bluntness, bluntness that i like about my campus there is not you know like you said with family the way you can not not throw shade in the negative way but people will shade some of the inadequacies mm. and they'll shade some of the problems to where you just you you say that thing like that's that's just how and I know he's not gonna listen to it but I'll say my uncle's name that's just how Uncle Paul is Uncle Paul if you tell him to be there at twelve if if the if dinner is actually at twelve you need to tell him to be there at ten thirty and then he might get there by like twelve fifteen <laughs> you know um, you you do those things but when when you're on that team and there's the explicit mission. Um, you can't afford to to cover those things <clears throat> you know and and I think that's a part of yeah, I mean building i th- i think man that me just sitting here saying right now, like thinking about it that way, that changes my perspective then I'm a you know i I feel that that support, like I would feel it from a family, but there's a degree there's not even a degree there's like a real professional responsibility at my school like there is a mm-hmm. there is a very set expectation that this is how we how we show up for our kids and and I think this is something I've been trying to fight is I'm in a school where a lot of the kids, like a vast majority of the kids have been going to that school since kindergarten. So they understand the culture and it's kind of a fight for me to to fit in with what they're doing and, but also to, to be myself. And I, I can't lie and say there are not times that when I have educational assistants or paras or people come in, I'm like, Oh my God, I wonder what they think. I think they think, and you just kind of like have those couple months where you're like, "Oh my god, I know they think I'm terrible. I know they think I'm terrible." But you know, I've had so many people on this team come to me, you know, and and I have a mentor that comes in for 10 minutes to observe my class once a week and then we debrief. Like that's that's how that's how committed my school is to to professionalism and to being successful. But man, I can't oh that's a gem oh, that gem like come back to this not every in a culture not everyone has to sit we shouldn't strive for everyone to be the same but to be ourselves
2: mm-hmm. Be yeah. variety is the spice of life they said mm-hmm. you know and back what you were saying about those kids being at the school and understanding the culture You know, I had the conversation yesterday with my student teacher that, you know, a lot of times you hear people say things like Rome wasn't built in a day. I say when you when you hear that, what that is speaking to, that is speaking to the cultural things that Rome has built that are still around right now. So when people say Rome wasn't built in a day, they're saying, if you want the longevity, be willing to put in the work and it's not going to happen overnight. It'll last, but that, that lasting aspect of what you want is not going to come. I tell teachers all the time, I did not really start enjoying teaching last year until around November. Oh, I, rem- I can attest to that. Yeah. It was, August, it was a struggle. Yeah. August, September, October is a fight. And it's the same thing right now. I'm enjoying my kids, but I'm not really enjoying teaching. Because right now, it's a lot of saying the same things over and over again, because they don't know the culture. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel that if I was teaching seventh or eighth grade students who had already been a part of our culture, and they've already cycled through a few times, then yeah, I I think it works. But if you have not had that, as we're getting, you know, kids who are coming from, I think we have. At at least two to three different elementary schools merging into mm-hmm. well, four different, three feeder schools that merge into our school. But of course, with, with uh, transfers and everything, we probably have like four or five different elementary schools at, at bare minimum represented mm-hmm. on our campus. So that's four or five different cultures, different ways of doing things, different ways of seeing things that these kids have never seen before. You know, and I caution my team to say, hey, you know, be patient right now with the kids. There's no reason to pop off right now. There's no reason to 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 want to try to get kids told uh, or they're here to learn. They've never been in a culture like this before. And maybe that, that's me taking that assumption that I'm going to pretend as if you've never heard this before coming into, I know you've been in school for six years, but I'm gonna pretend that you've never heard it like this before. And in doing that, I'm going to position myself as a facilitator of your growth into this culture, not as a manager, making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? I don't want to bark orders out. I want to keep reiterating the culture. You know, we did a video this year Uh, where we talked about it and one of the recurring things they caught, we kept saying, uh, our host kept saying is here at Jones Middle School, here at Jones Middle School, over and over and over again to the point to buy. And we show the video for a whole week, every class, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so when you when you think about it like that, what you're getting, the, what you want to get the kids to do is when they're doing something that they hear that here at Jones Middle School, we don't. Here at Jones Middle School, we walk on the right. Here at Jones Middle School, we don't run in the hallways. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When I see kids not doing what they want to do right now, I tell people, they say it takes anywhere between 15 to 21 days to really develop a habit. I -hmm. say that's 15 to 20 days of intentionally doing the same thing over Mm -hmm. and over again. Mm our kids are not going to do it intentionally over and over and over again. So you take that 15 to 20 days and and, and multiply that to about 30 to 40 days that mm-hmm. you're going to be dealing with kids, trying to get them on point. And if that is mm-hmm. the case, we have not, we're just now getting at that point. We're just at the 20 day point. You know, we're not even mm-hmm. at the 20 day point fully yet with the holidays that's come in. So I just think that, dealing with teachers is important that we understand to to be there for each other, but don't be there as a, as an enabler, be there as an accountability partner. And, and not from a management standpoint, but just from a cultural standpoint, this is how we do it here. But the kids, but this is how we do it here. But I had a rough night, but this is how we do it here. And I think if we if we focus on that building those teacher teacher relationships again, just like building relationships with students are difficult, building relationships with teachers based on a true purpose—not because I like you, because we like to go hit the happy hour at the end of, at the end of the week, not because you're the cool teacher with all the swag, or you're the one that dresses nice, or you're the one that has all the popularity, but because you're the one who holds me accountable for doing my job. And I think that that is what helps to build that teacher-teacher relationship. And I was just reading an article, and we can share a link in this video. Uh, I think I shared it with you uh, about Mm -hmm. the the impact of a collective teacher efficacy in schools, that it has a greater impact on student success than even socioeconomics, uh, and then economic status or previous success, that teachers who come together as one collective unit to build themselves as a unit actually help students do better than students who are already been proven successful who come from the best communities. So that speaks a lot to the, the importance and, 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 and uh, of establishing those relationships with students. I mean with teachers, to teachers, and making sure again, I don't have to be your friend. You don't have to like me. You don't have to be, you know, texting me all the time. You don't, you don't have to do that. That's, that's not necessary. We don't have to go hang out, but what there has to be is a mutual respect and an understanding that we're in this position. We're here for a purpose and we're going to hold each other accountable for that purpose. Mm. Yeah, man. I think, and I think one of the things is also along with that accountability is being courteous. you know, Consider yourself, I I don't know, last year, I think there were several times that I walked by teachers and I said, good morning, and I didn't get a respond back. You know, there are teachers that are so caught up in their own world that they don't even respond back when you say good morning. And to me, again, and I I tell students this, if I walk into a place of business, and I'm not greeted within the first I'll give them three to five minutes of me walking into that establishment, considering everything, if it's not too busy or there's just only one person. but if I walk into an establishment and I'm not greeted, nine out of 10, I'm not going to spend my money there. To mm-hmm. me, that's how greeting, much greeting and acknowledging me is, mm-hmm. you know as I'm walking through the store, I, if I make eye contact with someone, I'm going to greet them. You know, I just think that those are just things that I grew up learning. You don't make eye contact with someone and not greet them. And so Mm -hmm. being courteous with each, with one another. Um, And always considering yourself in their shoes. What if that was me? How would I want a teacher to respond to me? What if that was me? You know what I mean? And I think that if we get that to the point, then we could start to really build those teacher-teacher relationships in a way that's going to impact students in the future for years and years to come.
0: Mm, that's a good place to, to cut this episode off. A couple things just, we would uh, really appreciate and uh, a couple things we want to tell you. If you are in the Texas area, especially the hill country, San Antonio, we are going to be there um, October 3rd and 4th at AIE. Which is, uh, you can find that conference link at aieconference.net. Uh, we will be collectively presenting three times. Um, Will's got one session of his own. I've got one session of my own, and we're going to be presenting one together. And then we are lucky to have that be back to back with Teacher Heart Out, so we will be staying around for Teacher Heart Out. And uh, to our Houston friends, the twenty fifth of October. Twenty fifth. 25th of October, we will be presenting at TCCA at Davis High School in Houston. And that is a free technology conference. No, 26th. 26, 26, 26, 20, sorry, 26th. 26. 26, October 26th. But anyway, it's free. Free 99. Yes. Free 99. As Eric Crouch would say, free is in your price range. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's
2: amazing because it's one of the largest technology, uh, technology education conferences in the state. Um, mm-hmm. So it is going to be Jam-packed with great keynotes, uh, great exhibits, uh, a lot of giveaways. Matter of fact, we're going to be <clears throat> giving away um, some uh, some goodies. Um, thanks to our good friends and partnerships with Nearpod, um, offering teachers some uh, some free giveaways. And so, again, man, it, it's professional development does not have to be arduous and boring. Mm-hmm. You PD your own way. When you mm-hmm. PD your own way, then you get to determine how you're shaped and how you're developed as a teacher. So mm-hmm.
0: and uh if if you're not subscribed, we would be super appreciative if you would scri- subscribe to the podcast, share it out, and if you want to find out more about what we're doing on the daily, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at value adds value. You can also find Will uh, on Twitter and Instagram at, at It's dot will dot law dot I I I. And yeah, season two, episode three. uh, We both got to get ready for work here because it is Bowtie Tuesday, my friend. Bowtie Tuesday. So we appreciate you checking in and listening to the podcast and we will talk to you again soon.